here has a battle they're fighting of some sort? Some kind of a battle. They're right in the middle of something. You know, uh, I think there's definitely seasons of times in our life, uh, not only personally, our family, our church, uh, the world actually. There's just these seasons of times that come around and um, all kinds of things try to come against us and try to take us down. And um, especially as a believer in Christ, as as someone that's a born-again believer, um, I mean, I certainly have my struggles. There's certainly things that try to come my way. And, you know, there's times that we get stuck. And uh, I really believe, um, I'm very transparent, um, I really believe we're stuck. Um, maybe a lot of us in this room are stuck, as a church we're stuck, and surely, you know, around the world you could say the same thing. So those those aren't condemning words, as we're going to hear in a minute. Um, but I hope they're encouraging words, because God doesn't want us to stay stuck. He That is not his intention for us. We got PowerPoint up there? Let's throw that up there, and we're going to get going. Our mission here at Four Corners for CBC is equipping the saints, strengthening our families, and growing together in faith. And those are the three things that God desires for us when we meet corporately, especially on a Sunday morning. This is our time to equip, to grow, and as as a family, a family of God, our 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 families, uh, husband, wife, children, single, whatever whatever the case may be, we all belong to a family. And God desires that we grow and mature as a family. And then growing together in our faith, uh, that's really going to be today. Uh, we get stuck. And when we get stuck, it's kind of hard to see most of the time. And I want to share something with you. And uh, a guy named Sam, he calls me up about one in the morning. Oh, no, okay, a guy named George. No, that, oh, we got a George too, okay. There's this guy that I'm not going to say his name because, you know, anyway. Uh, I'm going to call him Sam, but it's not this Sam. And uh, he calls me up. He was a youth. He's 17 years old. And at that time, long, long, long time ago, I was a youth pastor. He calls me up. That was real early in the morning, like 1 o'clock. He goes, Pastor Tony, I'm desperate. I need your help. And I go, what's up? And he goes, I'm stuck. I'm in Haines City. He's in Frostburg. What do you mean you're stuck? Yeah, yeah, I went where I wasn't supposed to go, and I got my truck stuck, and I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. My parents saying I'm at my friend's house. I'm desperate. I've called all my friends and everyone I can think of, and I know you got a four-by-four. Can you come and get me out? I said, no. (laughs) I said, get yourself unstuck. You got yourself stuck. And, oh, he pleaded, and he saw much trouble he was going to get in. So, of course, I got dressed and drove the frostproof, hooked on a chain, and just before I'm pulling going to pull him out. I said, okay, Sam, get in your truck. And he goes, you're not going to tell my parents, are you? And I said, Sam, what do you think? He goes, oh, you can't. I'll be in so much trouble. They'll take my truck away. I said, okay, I promise you, I will not tell your parents. He goes, Phew. So I hook on the chain and I pull him out. And he is, of course, is so, so thankful. And he goes, man, thank you, man. It was actually, it was a Saturday. Next morning was church. And he goes, I'll see you at church tomorrow. I said, that's great. No, by the way, I said, I promise I won't tell your parents and I won't. But you will. No, I said, no, you will. I said, you know, you know what? You don't think that they're really that naive that something didn't happen. Look at your truck. It's all full of mud. It's all full of, I said, you know what? You're going to tell your parents because you have to. 
Because, you know, you're a place you shouldn't have been. You did things you shouldn't have been doing. You need to confess and let it fall where it may. I said, believe me, God, not only will God bless you for speaking, but even though you might have consequences for getting your truck stuck and being out late, I said, eventually, you, you will, your parents will appreciate your truth that you spoke to them. And he told his parents, and he, he did get in trouble, and his truck did get taken away. But he didn't come to me saying, oh, man, you messed me up. Took a couple months, but he came to me later and said, you know, thanks. Thank, thanks for making me do the right thing. And, you know, I, I really believe that with all of my heart that um, we just really always need to do the right thing. Not that I always do the right thing, but I try. And I certainly have grown in that area in my Christian life as a believer. And sometimes I take a deep breath and, I, you know, the right thing just seems like it's not. But it always is. And God will always bless his word in doing the right thing. I want us to watch this video. And I chose this video this morning because I wanted to kind of set the stage where I believe maybe a lot of us are this morning. And the one thing that I know for certain, guys, listen, listen to this. We usually just don't want to admit when we're stuck. We, we just don't. And I want to talk about that this morning. And I want us to take this deep breath and just, just allow God to speak to us and stir our heart. Allow worship and individuals and testimony and videos and his word and spirit. Just to dig down. Dig down deep. It's okay. It's all right. I won't tell your parents. One more click. Hey, Kat. Jesus. Oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, um, I didn't expect to see you here. Whoa, what's that smell? The smell? Oh, um, well, that's my trash. I just, I'm a little embarrassed about it. Oh, well, is that why you've been avoiding me? Avoiding you? I, I, I haven't really been avoiding you. I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to get close to you. I mean, I, I just, I don't want you to smell it. I'll take it, Kat. Come oh, on. no, 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 no. That's okay. I mean, I made it. It's my trash. You know, I should carry it. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, but Kat, I mean, this is my job. Right. I take people's trash. That's what I do, so... Right. Okay. Well, maybe I could go and just clean it up a little bit, you know, and then I'll just, I'll come back. No, Kat, I don't need you to do that. Um. Okay. I'll take it from you so you don't have to carry the weight. Oh, well, I. Come on. Uh, oh. Just, just hand it over. Uh, All, right? All right. Let go. Let go. Yes, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, How's that feel? Weird. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah, just loosen it up a Whoa, little bit. Check that out. I don't know if I've moved like that before. Well, I mean, that is crazy. I just, I feel so free and alive. I, it's I mean, the lack of trash. Whoa, I just, it's just like, this is the craziest feeling I have ever had. I just, it's like something's missing, you know? Well, I just, um, get used I, to feeling free, because that's yeah, what you are now. Right, okay. Uh, what okay. are you doing? I just, I gotta get one thing, okay? Hold on just a minute Get here. one thing? No, 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 don't open the bag. Jesus, thank you so much for your sacrifice. I really appreciate all that you've done for me. What's going on here, Kat? What? Look, I'll take the trash, but you need to put that back. 
Oh, um, no, actually, um, that's okay. This is mine. It's my piece. I want to keep it. No, it goes right back in the bag, so I'll help you. Here, no, 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 put no, no, it no. here. No, Jesus, I, I need to remind myself not to make more trash. I mean, that just Kathleen, makes sense. I will remind you not to make more trash, oh, okay? Oh, well, Jesus, you know... That's what I do. I mean, we'll walk together. I know, but I should be in a better place than this by now. I mean, I just... I'm constantly doing things wrong, you know, and I, I'm just... I'm constantly letting you down. No, the only thing that's letting me down is, is, is you taking the stuff back. Okay. Look, I took care of the trash before you even created it. Look, don't you see what's happening? Every time I take your trash away, you come back and, and take another piece. And the more pieces you carry around, the more trash you attract. It reeks. Cat. When I look at you, I don't see your sin. I see you. The real you, the free you. This is what I'm fighting for. This is what I died for. Jesus, I'm sorry. I just, please forgive me. I've already forgiven you. The question is, will you forgive yourself? That can be a real toughie right there. For those of us this morning that's in God's house that can hear my voice that has repented of your sin and asked Christ to be your Savior. He's already forgiven us. We don't need to hold on to things from our past and hold on to the trash that keeps us down and and stay stuck. We don't need to stay stuck. Like that youth that called me at 1 a.m., so can we call on God? And I mean, I know we know these things. See, that's the point. We we know these things. And this morning's going to be one big reminder, but also I pray and claim in the name of Jesus that we get unstuck, that we at least let him throw us a lifeline and start to tug us out of this, this hole or this place or this feeling or this emotion that we're in. I know it's his will and his desire. I want us to look at just four different people that are stuck. And the first one is they're spiritually stuck, but they won't admit it. It's kind of like uh, like Sam. I almost said his real name. <laughs> I didn't I didn't ask for him for this specific story, so I'm not going to say his real name. But um, it's almost like Sam. He didn't want to call his youth pastor to get him unstuck. I was the last person he would want to call. Not because I wasn't. He knew that I helped out youth all the time and I would be there. He knew that. But he knew I'd probably tell his parents or there'd be a consequence. So there's people that are stuck, but they won't admit it. And here's characteristics of that. You, those are the people that will say, what do you mean I'm stuck? If you go up to them and go, you know, I think you're stuck. You, they'll look at you and go, what do you mean I'm, no, what do you mean I'm stuck? They'll say, well, it's really not all that bad. It's okay. Those, they've lost their hope. They're easily distracted by idols in the supernatural. And what I mean by that is idols is those things we put before God. And we easily put things before God when we're stuck spiritually because they seem to, uh, for a moment, to appease our emotions or to appease us, to distract us away from what God really has. And the supernatural, I mean, we're created in the image of God. We're really spiritual beings. The supernatural can, can take us away from our focus on God very easily. Uh, some of you know that, uh, you know, if you don't know it because... 
you know, there, there, there are things in the supernatural, the spiritual realm, if you will, that really try to uh, take us from not only what God wants, but to put us in a place where we don't need God or we think we don't need God. These are the people that won't admit it will say uh, they believe that it's just their fate. This is the kind of thing. You ever catch yourself doing that? Well, you know what? This is just the way it is. It's my fate. Who, who's ever thought that before? I, I know I have. You know, really, this is, I guess, just is my fate. And then lastly, for this one, they really don't have no faith. Um, you, you might say you have faith, but it, and, and this might be a season of time, but when you're really stuck spiritually, but you won't admit it, your faith just went out the window. You know, you, you just go, God, you know, I know you're real, but I'm just going to tell you like it is. I don't trust you. I don't have the faith to trust you in, in, in where I'm at. And then there's a person that's spiritually stuck, but want, uh, but they want to get unstuck on their terms. Kind of like Bradley. Or, whoops, sorry. Sorry, Brad. Uh, Sam. It's kind of like Sam. Um, no, I, re- I shouldn't. I was kid a little bit. I shouldn't. He, he's given me permission to tell this story. I've been telling it for 20 Three years, I guess. I don't know. Um, you're spiritually stuck, but but you want to get unstuck on, on your terms. Here's a characteristic of that, just flat-out pride. You're, you're too prideful. You don't, You not only don't want to admit you're stuck, but I'm not going to say, say that I'm stuck. You're afraid of the consequences. You feel like if you try to get unstuck, there will be consequences for following God or doing the right thing. You're very controlling. You'll find yourself being a controlling person that you feel like, you know, I know I'm spiritually stuck. I know I shouldn't be at this place. But if I can control you and make it about you instead of about me, then I'll be okay. They become very critical. Every Everything and every every person. And, you know, I got fired from my job, but it's not my fault. Um, I, got, I was late to church, but it's not my fault. The guy that cut me off, I got mad. I started to curse him out maybe two minutes late, but it's not my fault. And and it just become very critical of everything. Then there's a person that's spiritually stuck, but they don't want to get unstuck. That was kind of like the video a little bit there. I mean, you might think that's crazy, but surely I know I can relate to that. Where we're, even though we know we don't need something in our life or we have something in our life that's not pleasing to God, we still want to hang on to it. It's crazy how that happens and how that works out. You would think there's no way impossible, but it happens to every single one of us. We get to a place where we're stuck, but we don't want to get unstuck. Here's some characteristics, or here's some reasons uh, why a person doesn't want to get unstuck. Because it removes our excuses. I'm, I'm just going to lay it out there. I mean, it, it does. Because if, if the Word of God speaks to me, or I'm listening to a sermon, or someone gives me wise biblical counsel, and, and I receive that, and I know it to be true, but you know what? If I do what you say, then I won't have the excuse for the reason why I'm not doing what I want to do. It'll take the excuses right out of my life. And so I want to stay stuck. Thanks. I, I just, I, I, it's my excuse for staying where I'm at in life. And then it gives them attention. Some people, they really want to stay stuck because then they can say, poor me, poor me. Look, look at poor me. Now, I know that's probably real, but again, I'm, I'm not saying anything that I haven't done in my own life. I've done these very things myself. But we've got to move on. We gotta, we, we've got to look at what God wants us to do, and that's he wants us to get unstuck. So a person that's spiritually stuck but desires to get unstuck knows that God has a greater purpose in life for them. 
feels a battle within within them as if they try as they try to grow in their faith. And some of us can relate to that even this morning because I can see it. I can hear it in the voice. I can hear when people are talking about it and they're going, you know what, God's trying to get my attention. And all of a sudden, you can just see their heart starting to soften. And they're starting to go, oh, but oh, can, can I? God, are you really there? God, will you, will you really, are you, do you really surround me? I mean, really? Like, God, are you like right here? Are you surrounding us right now? I'm, I'm, I'm walking around this building this building this morning, and I'm praying. God said, get up and pray. And, and some of you understand something like that. Maybe some don't. But all I'm telling you is God said, get up and pray. And I'm walking around the building, and I'm praying. And as I'm walking down this sidewalk right here, here comes Roley this way. And I go, Pastor Roley, good morning. And we shake hands, and he looks at me, and he goes, God told me to get up and walk around the building and pray. He surrounds us. He's here in this place. He's, he's, he's a God that's real and tangible and desires that we have breakthroughs. And, and he works in his body and through his body. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will his presence with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will, will to do, I do not do it. But the evil I will not to do that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me, Romans 7, 8. And Paul is just basically saying, you know what? There's things in me that I constantly fight. There's things that I will not to do that I do and things that I know I should do that I don't. And, and there's just this battle that goes on. It's a constant struggle. He, and, and, and in some ways, I'm not, I'm not saying Paul right here is necessarily stuck, that, but that's what he's expressing. There's just this point in time where decisions have to be made, and there's this point in time where we have to decide, you know, God, are we going to trust you, and we're going to allow you to help us to get unstuck and to move forward in life, and especially move forward toward you or not. This, uh, don't worry about you can't see it, is in your worship guide. Uh, so if you want to follow along, we're going to go to Romans 8. And uh, I'm in New King James. There are some New King James uh, Bibles uh, uh, around the sanctuary. Uh, you can use a phone app or whatever you, whatever you care to. But um, if you have a Bible available, I would, I would love for you to, to get it out. There's, there's just so much more about just opening the Word of God together. I mean, whether that's in print or by a phone or whatever the case may be. But So we're in Romans 8. Listen to these words that God shares with us this morning. Allow them to teach us and to dig deep within us, to have us to understand a spiritual truth this morning. He says this, There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity to God or against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, for indeed, nor indeed can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Father God, I, I when I read your word, there's times I confess I, I just don't understand it all. But I praise you for your spirit that reveals to me the truth and for your word that you promise you will translate it better than any translator ever could. But as we read your word this morning, as we receive what your spirit speaks to our hearts, may it be said of us that we allow you to search our hearts, that we allow you to see deep down those areas that we're stuck in, that you have died for, that you have already forgiven That you are in place to say, here I am. I surround you. I go before you. I'm with you. And I was with you even in your past. So now go. Get unstuck. Be free. I pray and I claim for me, for my family, for your family, this body. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we look at some things, some just, I call them nuggets. I mean, the whole word of God is nuggets. But as we look at some things this morning, I look at this. There is no condemnation. There is no longer no condemnation. Even John 3.16, one of the verses that people know really well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever shall believe. In him. And John 3 17 continues to say, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. See, we already stand condemned. We already get into enough trouble all on our own. Sam that got his truck stuck, there were many Sams, right, Miss Trish? We did youth ministry and family ministry for like 20 years. I'm telling you, there was like 400 Sams, and that's not exaggeration. That's not a preacher thing. I'm telling you, we are always getting youth and families out of trouble out of struggles, especially youth. I did, uh, we did, we were uh, frostproof for three years or four, three or, three or four years, right? Okay, fr- listen, we were in frostproof for three to four years, right? You know how many youth I pulled out of the ditch or pulled out of a mud hole? Come on. And every time they would brace themselves, they would brace themselves for a tongue lashing, They just knew that I was going to tongue lash them and I was going to condemn them and I was going to, and every time, every time I'd pull them out and I'd smile. That's it. Once in a great while, if I felt like they were a little rebellious, I'd look at them and I'd say, you owe me. What does that mean, Pastor Tony? You'll see. You owe me. Now, I was just kind of kidding around, but I have uh, brought in some of those favors here and there throughout uh, my ministry. But what 
Romans is telling us here, what Paul is saying is, look, there is no longer any condemnation. If you're stuck in something, if we're stuck in something, and we're stuck in something in the past, or something that's trying to take us down, or something that keeps beating us up, or someone, something that says you're not good enough, and, and we're stuck there, we gotta, we got to understand that's not of God. We're going to look at this in a minute. It's not a God, period. And if we choose to stay there, it's because we choose to stay there. It's like that video. She's choosing to stay there. She actually took back what God already died for, what he sent his son for. There is no condemnation. That is so hard to grab. And sometimes we just, you know, I'm serious. I know, I understand. In our flesh, sometimes we just want to go, na, 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 na. I can't hear you. I don't want to hear you. Are you kidding me? I've been dealing with this for years, and if I give it up now, then I'm going to be admitting I could have gave it up 20 years ago. I can't do that, Pastor Tony. And I go, you know how stupid that, or how, uh, do you know how that sounds? (laughs) Give it up. At least you have a new day today, right? And it says there's no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You know why we stay condemned? You know why we stay stuck? Because we're not walking according to the Spirit. You know, I'm not saying that's your, your entire life or my entire life, but those areas we're stuck in, it's because we're not walking in the Spirit. We're choosing to walk in the flesh. That's the reason why. There is no other reason why. We can go, we can go uh, to verse 5. Watch this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. If I'm stuck spiritually, not, and I'm, I, uh, I got to qualify this. I, sometimes I feel like I should be over qualifying some stuff, but I know, I, listen, I'm not God. Listen to me. I'm not God. I'm not saying thus says the Lord what, what I'm fixing to say. Because I don't know. I don't know God's ultimate plan and what he's doing ultimately. And I will say this. I know there's some, there's some circumstances that are not in our control. And I'm not saying for one minute that they can be in our control. Okay, so with that said, let me say this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. I really believe, for the most part, the reason why we have struggles in our life physically, with our work, with our family, with our spouse, with our teenagers, with our children, you can just keep right on going. And you know what? Even most of the times, the person that cut you off in traffic that you're so mad at, you just cut them off two blocks ago, but you were so into yourself, you didn't see it. Ah. Listen to me. A lot of health that happens to us, not all, but a lot of our health issues. Guess what? We set our mind on them. And we're so consumed or can get so consumed in what the doctor said or what someone said or what's going on. The next thing you know, it becomes reality. It's not good. It says, 
For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. God wants us to be unstuck. We need to set our mind on the Spirit. I'm not saying if if we're diagnosed with some kind of chronic disease, which I have been before, personally, a couple times. That it's not real. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you're stuck. Oh, my gosh, you just pretend it's not happening. Trust in God and everything will be fine. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that I will give witness and testimony in my own life of both times I was diagnosed with chronic diseases that they no longer exist in me. And it's not that I refused that they weren't real and that the doctors were crazy or something. But instead of believing that I'm, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with issues that I was told, these chronic diseases that I was told was going to just take me out, instead of believing that, I said, no, I'm going to believe in the Spirit, I'm going to believe in God, and I'm going to believe that His Word says that He, he desires that I grow not only spiritually in health, but physically in health. And that I turn to Him and I look, and I say, you know what, I'm going to believe in you. Now, am I going to believe in a healing? Nothing wrong with that. I did. But my whole point is I didn't dwell on the sickness. I didn't dwell on the prognosis. Because too many times we dwell on the sickness and the prognosis, and then it becomes reality. It, I, I don't, is, it, is this too deep? And sometimes we dwell on the things of life, the job or the people or the relationship. We just dwell, 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 dwell. And guess what? Sure enough, those things that try to take us down and we're stuck in, we dwell on them so much they become reality. And then we wonder why. We wonder why we're stuck. God doesn't desire for us to stay there. I'm not saying that if we put our whole mind on, on the Spirit, on Christ, on the Word of God, that life is actually going to just be hunky-dory and everything's going to be joy. But I do say this only because of the Word of God, not because of me. It says in verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. Carnally minded is saying to fix your thoughts on the world and on the flesh. To leave Christ and His Word and the Spirit out of the picture. The Word says, I'm not saying it, it says it's death. It's death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That day 15 years ago, when I was down to 138 pounds, my whole body cracked. Three months lost 68 pounds or two and a half, whatever it was. Went to 15 doctors, prognosis, go home. There's nothing we can do. And I did. And I remember so clearly, like it's a video yesterday. Sitting in my favorite chair. So much pain, I just, I can't even move. And I'd go to write Trisha goodbye. For real, true story. I really thought it was my last breath. And suddenly as I prayed, this peace from God just came over me. Now, I don't share this much. I, I don't know if it's some pride. I mean, all of the above, what I talked about. But all of a sudden, it's kind of like this peace came over me. And I was ready to go home. I mean that, to heaven, to with, be with God. 
It was a peace like I only experienced in one other time in my life. And then you know what God said when I was praying? I said, here I come. He goes, get up. I said, what? He said, get up. He said, you ain't dying yet. And you might go, well, God was talking to you. He was in my heart. I'm telling you, I don't, I, I'm just saying, again, my story, so. Get up. I go, I can't get up. You know I've been sick for three months, and you've been with me every step of the way, all the doctors say, and I've been praying, and you haven't given me. I don't know why I'm sick, and I don't know what's going on with my body. And they say, they just say, go home and die. And he said, but that's not what I say. He said, get up. Then you know what he did? Because he knows I'm stubborn, just like probably most of us. Could you not? The TV's on. I ain't hearing it or listening. All of a sudden, you ever like, you're in your own little world, and all of a sudden something fades in? Right? You know what I mean? So all of a sudden, this commercial fades in. Now, it just happened to be, I'm not promoting this at all, but it just happened to be a commercial for Hallelujah Acres. And all you, all you know to this day uh, that know us, we, we juice to this day, was because of that. And I'm watching this commercial, and it said, it said, uh, you know, uh, God wants you to be healed. And I'm going, what? And I'm, what? And I'm saying, it's a true story. And, I'm, and, I'm, and it says, and the, the commercial's going, and, and, you know, most people, and it's kind of like what I was just saying. You know, most people just, when they, when they're, when they're, when they said something's going to happen, or the, the end is near, and this is how, I said, they just, they just take it for granted, and they slowly go away. And then it talked about eating healthy and that God really desires that we do what's right and what's wrong and make good choices, not bad ones, and that we don't need to be stuck in the rut of believing that we can just eat anything and it's okay and that, you know, on and on and on. And I'm watching this thing, and it's like the commercial. I, I kid you not, it was his son um, that started Hallelujah Acres. Then he comes on and he goes, now, he, <laughs> he said, okay, now, if you're out there and you're really struggling with your health and there's things going on, he said, get up. I <laughs> go, what the? I want you to go to your refrigerator, and I want you to see what's in there that's healthy. Live food, live food. If it's dead, throw it out. And I muster everything up I can. I wasn't going to talk about this this morning, but anyway. I muster everything up I can, and I, and I start going out to the refrigerator. I open it up, and I go, well, no worries here because there's not a lot of live food here. <laughs> and I, I, just, I started to eat nothing but live food. And within a week, I was up and about within a month. I was starting to feel better and gaining weight back. And it took about a year to come back. But I did because of God, because of his grace, because of his desire for my life, because I finally got to a place where I was so stuck that I was desperate enough to listen to God. Hebrews 12, 1 says this, So then, let us rid ourselves of everything that gets in the way and of the sin which holds on to us so tightly, and let us run with determination the race that lies before us. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from the beginning to the end. I'm going to tell you what I believe God says for every one of us this morning on how to get unstuck. You got about 10 hours? See, I shouldn't kid like that. You know what he says? You want to get unstuck? Just get rid of the stuff that's keeping you there. Cut it out. Stop receiving what you think to be all these things that are holding you back. 
whether it's health, whether it's families, whether it's relationships, and we take them and we take them and we let them condemn us and we just go, this is life, this is the way it is, you don't understand, I can't change a thing, and you can't probably. Now, I could change my diet, but who told me to? Don't stay there. I mean, even as a church, a majority of you told me you're stuck. And that, that's not a, you know what, that's not a bad thing. You know what, I'm deep down inside, I'm going, yes, yes. And you know why? Because you're saying it and you're admitting it. Until we admit we're stuck, and until we admit that God is who he says he is, and God is the one that will get us out of this rut, God is the one that will pull us out. Until we get to that place, it won't happen. It will never happen. Right there is the answer. So then, let us rid ourselves of what? Everything that gets in the way. Now, I just thought of a quick side note. Hold, hold on. All right, if you feel like I'm getting in your way, then don't get rid of me. This, okay. <laughs> Trish goes, oh, remember that scripture you said? Get out of my way. That ain't what God means. He's not me. He's not saying the good stuff. He's not. He's just saying those things that you know. He'll reveal to you. Get them out of the way. Get rid of them. You can't hold on to them. You think you can, don't you? You. you yes, you do. I know. I know. Sometimes we got to let go of uh, even good things. Sometimes. Getting unstuck, you can get, you you can't get spiritually unstuck by yourself. There is no condemnation through Christ. Set your mind on the spirit, not the world. Put aside things that hinder you from getting more, from being more like Jesus. And really, I, those are just thoughts that came to my mind. But the bottom line is, to get unstuck, church, it's is a decision. We trust God or not. I am so. Elated, pleased, I don't, I don't know how to say it. I see groups, if I may be personal to, to Four Corners for a moment. It's I, so awesome. Okay, um, I, I, not to pick anything out, but I'm just telling you, like our health group. Um, no one knows what to expect. Hey, everyone, let's come together and we're going to be get healthy. You go, no. I mean, eating right and we're losing weight. And, ah! and so we reluctantly come together. But it's one of the closest, tightest groups that are developing. Why? Because we're taking the time and we're spending life together and we're seeking God together and we're, we're struggling together and we fail together and then we, we celebrate together. You know, adult Bible study group, you know, going bowling. And I see God just moving uh, the worship team. I, I, mean, I could keep going. I want to be careful that the children's. I could keep going, but listen, God's given us a taste, just a little taste of what it takes to get unstuck, get our get our eyes off from self and the flesh and the mindset of the world, and put it on Him and His family and each other, and slowly but surely. As he says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, if he dwells in you, 
He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. He wants to give life. I don't know where you're struggling this morning. I don't know if you feel like giving up on something. Surely there's enough people in here that you do. I know. You're never going to get unstuck yourself, though. Don't. You don't just you don't just bail ship. You don't just quit your job. You don't. I'm telling you, most of the times it's not the right answer. Because guess what? Just another job, just like it, that's just as bad or worse, comes along the next one. The answer is Jesus. That's not a pat answer. I don't say that flippantly. If we believe he is who he says he is and has done what he said he has done, he has forgiven us once and for all. Stop holding on to things that are keeping you stuck. And I know you might go, Pastor Tony, it's just not that easy. Yes, it is. Because Paul says, he gives us, if you will, the remedy. Uh, I hope you're okay if I say it like that. He gives us the solution. He gives us the word. Get rid of the stuff that's in your way, and God will see you through. Father, thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word, for your spirit. I thank you for the love and the grace that only you can give. Father, but if there's one person in this room, well, surely there is, that within their heart, they, they know they don't know you, but you're quickening their heart. You're revealing to them. You want to dwell within them. That you sent your one and only son to be crucified on a cross, buried in a tomb, but rose again. There's nothing we can do in and of ourselves for salvation. It's only something that you can reveal to our hearts by your spirit and your word. So this morning, if there's anyone in this room that God is speaking to your heart saying, today's the day of your salvation. Today's the day that you need to stop setting your mind on the flesh and the world and set your mind on me. Would anyone with your eyes closed, is anyone this morning say, Pastor Tony, pray for me this morning as God's pulling on my heart, saying today's the day of my salvation, and we'll pause and pray. I won't point you out, but raise your hand if you're in this room and you feel like God is just drawing your heart, tugging on your heart, saying today's the day of your salvation. Is there anybody? Okay, thank you. Anyone? Anyone else? Father God, I know there's many in this room that you have spoken to, that you have stirred their heart. And we have come to that place where you revealed to us our sins separated us from you. And you revealed to us that we needed to repent, which is to turn, to change our mind about walking our way and put our trust in your son. And Father, as a testimony, the hand, saw one hand, and I know you saw it, and I know you saw even the hearts in the room. There might have been a heart that was raised up and not a hand. But, Lord, that's not up to me. That's up to you. We just need to be faithful, Lord. I pray we're faithful. We're faithful as a church to share the good news. We're faithful to be a testimony, to share a witness. That's all you want from us. It's what you want. You want us to be unstuck and to share, to share your goodness and grace, that we receive the purpose you put within us. We have a purpose for life. It's so grand. It's to glorify you. So, Father, I celebrate what that hand went up. More than likely, the hand went up because salvation already took place, that that heart repented and believed.
I don't know, but you do. We're giving you the glory. We're giving you the glory for those things like right now. Right now. Think about that thing, that area you're stuck in. Think about it. There might be many. Pick one. What's the biggest? What's the hardest? Pick it. Grab it. What is it? Say, God, I want to give this to you. It's, it's not mine to hold on to. I, I don't know the answers, but that's the point. God, I, I, I need your help. I know you've already paid the penalty. You've already forgiven me of these things. But I need your help. Help me to walk with your body. Help me to be in your word. Help me to hear your spirit. Help me to get unstuck. That I might glorify you. And that I might be a witness and a testimony to others for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen.